Uganda is, I think, one of the countries in the world that welcomes the most refugees. And so naturally, you find a lot of refugees here in Kampala. When I make a beat, I wanted to make something hard and that can make your head shake, like your body. Yeah, something like, you know, just for happiness. We try and cater to as many as we can, but always trying to keep a balance in nationality, in, in gender, and also in the types of music that you make. You're listening to The Lid Is On with me, Connor Lennon. This episode is coming to you from Kampala, the capital of Uganda, or more specifically, a district called Bunga, which is the headquarters of Nyege Nyege. Now, Nyege Nyege is probably best known to music lovers for the Nyege Nyege Festival, which over the years has been established as probably the biggest tourist attraction in Uganda. As well as the festival, Nyege Nyege is a record label, and not just an ordinary record label. This is a record label which is devoted to having a strong social impact bringing together artists who may never have a chance to express themselves at any other place. And some of those artists are going on to have success further afield in Europe and the US. Jimmy and Wilson, two rappers from the DRC who came recently. Bonjour. 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 Sometimes we get a lot of uh, visitors also from East Congo. The driving force behind Nyege Nyege and the man who started this is Derek Debru a Belgian with African roots, who took us on a tour of the sprawling facility and explained how the Nege Nege project got started. So Nege Nege here has a couple of different meanings. Uh, one of them, when you say Chinege Nege, it means that feeling of wanting to dance, wanting to move, a feeling of excitement. And uh, that's a little bit how the, how the name came about. But uh, it's also an instrument uh, that is basically ankle bells and a dance and that's mostly in eastern Uganda. Everything was built really organically and uh, what we found is that there was definitely issue with access to uh, production tools and also a space where people could meet, listen to each other's music and develop collaborations and these sort of things. We decided to uh, rent out a big house and half of this house was going to be made available to musicians that wanted to record but also we started to invite uh, lecturers and, and other producers to give workshops and basically to um, let's say, build up the, the capacity of, um, of young producers here, giving them workshops in production, in, in DJing, but also basically creating an atmosphere that was conducive to finding your own voice and your own style. And over time, uh, more and more artists started to come and we also started to, quote-unquote, discover a lot of music from Uganda that was not from central Uganda, so maybe from northern Uganda, from eastern Uganda, that was quite interesting a lot of new forms of electronic music, for example, and that's a little bit how things kicked off. So by, on one side, uh, working with local producers here, people that wanted to get into music, a lot of people have learned music with, with us from the beginning, and then also music that was already existent in the region. And very quickly we found that there was a, um, an audience that resonated with that. We saw that there was an opportunity here with a lot of talent here that was completely you know, unknown, and at the same time there was an interest in the West in wanting to hear new forms of African music. And at that time, I guess African music was still a bit caught between world music and sort of Afro house, Afro beats. Um, and, you know, throughout the continent you find a lot of different music genres. 
and sometimes even locally these genres aren't known and a lot of our music is also not always accepted at home. So if we take Singeli music, for example, in Tanzania, it's considered music for the poor, music for the thugs, and Bongo flavor is sort of the music for the middle class. And once these artists started to tour and get international recognition, now they're also much better recognized at home. Or, for example, here, you will not hear in the clubs music from northern Uganda or from eastern Uganda. People tend to say, oh, this is village music or this is music for the weddings. So we just wanted to create another outlet for that so that, you know, on one side, culture could also be preserved here by finding economic outlets, but at the same time, giving them a confidence to uh, musicians and producers here that they didn't necessarily have to make American trap music or Nigerian Afrobeat. There was an opportunity for them to make what they wanted to make. And that led us to create a space where everyone was welcome. And so doing rock music, doing conscious reggae, doing experimental electronics, all of this became sort of part of our, of our, of our project. Derek Debrew, one of the founders of the Niege Niege record label. On the day the UN news team went to the large house that serves as the label HQ, there were several artists in residence laying down beats and practicing lyrics to their latest tracks. <laughs> So today I'm recording with uh, Wilston. He's also from Goma, and we used to meet there at uh, some shows in Goma, some small parties. Here we met, and we're like, "Oh man, I saw you!" Like you know, and then became friends like that, and then. Sometimes I go with him in the studio and we try, if I have a new, a new beat, we try. And the song about is Chobo. When I make a beat, I visualize something. Like I visualize myself making the beat and I visualize myself trying to make people happy, like uh, make people move. So that's how the, that beat I made it. I, mean, I wanted to make something that's make, something hard and that can make your head shake, like your body. And yeah, it's something like, you know, just for happiness. Congolese artist Chrisman, one of the stars of Niege Niege. Over the time that he's been nurtured by the label, he's been able to develop his own unique sound and hone his talents. The preparation is now paying off, with Chrisman winning international acclaim. The music I do is mostly like, uh, like you know, experimenting with sounds that haven't been existed yet. Like, you know, just experimenting with different genre of music. Growing up, I was listening more to Congolese music because of my sisters and my brothers. And growing up slowly, I started listening more into like rap music, hip hop, and started also singing. I realized when I was going to the studio to record my song, the, the producer was not producing my music the way I wanted it to be. You know, I was in my room making my music, like writing, and I've, I realized like, ah, when I go to the studio, it's, you know, it's something different because I had another vision of how I wanted my music to sound like. And then I was like, maybe I should learn how to produce my own music. I just went on Google, how it is, and then I chose like Fruity Loops. I downloaded there the demo version, then downloaded, I uh, started downloading like tutorials on YouTube, you know, and teach myself. In Goma, I was working at the studio, like a small studio of my friend. My friends, they really believed in me. They were like, man, you have good music, like that. So the scene in Goma is so small, the music scene. So I was like, I can go to, 
Uganda and you know and try my music there. I was like, let me go where this music comes from. I didn't have like papers, like official documents. So I also moved to Ghana because of there was a lot of insecurity situations. So I moved here and I found it safe. And then we met Derek at his house. They supported me in terms of like a residency space where I could do my music. That's, that's great and that's big. So have a space and studio and they supply with the uh, instruments that you need, the tools like microphones, sound cards, these computers, which is good. Like that's, that's what a musician needs to, you know, to express his feeling. And it's great. They pay rent for, for real and uh, they also like uh, put some stocks of food sometimes and all that. And another time they find you shows, you can play, they pay you and then you buy stuff for yourself. I played in a lot of like uh, shows in here in Kampala, like underground shows. And also like recently I was in, on my first tour in Europe. I performed in uh, uh, Belgium, Netherlands and France. People are engaged into music, you know. They are really like listening, they really paying attention to what, how creative your sound is, you know. That's really motivated me, I was like, damn, let me go back to Uganda and, you know, work for, on more stuff. And for me, I, I'm good to play like everywhere, I can play everywhere. I just need to present my music to people, so. For the first time, they could be like, oh, it sounds strange, but if you keep going, you know, they can get used to it, it's just a matter of time. Musician Chrisman a prime example of the kind of artist Nyege Nyege likes to work with. And he's far from the only artist from one of the troubled countries that neighbour Uganda. South Sudan and the Democratic Republic of the Congo have both seen high levels of conflict and suffering on the part of the civilian population. The UN has a significant presence in Uganda, helping refugees to survive and adapt to their new surroundings. You can listen to our recent mini-series on how the UN is supporting the economy and people living in northern Uganda by subscribing to The Lid Is On. Derek Bruce says that many refugee musicians have made their way to Nyege Nyege. I mean, Uganda is, I think, one of the countries in the world that welcomes the most refugees. And we're also in the middle of a lot of countries that have political struggles, uh, South Sudan, but also um, DRC, also Burundi at some point, so naturally you find a lot of refugees here in Kampala. And for musicians, it's already hard enough, you know, to make it, but when you're not inside of your own culture, you know, when you speak a different languages, outlets can even be harder. And so naturally, given that we're in a very pan-African neighborhood and we were organizing these events, more and more um, artists from the DRC, from South Sudan, started to attend these, uh, these events. And so a little bit organically, they started to join our facility and maybe also a little bit because I speak French. So that also added and, and, and over time, we've, we've gone to Goma a couple of times, collaborated with Amani Festival. And, you know, when you have one artist, let me say one artist for, from Goma will come here and then all the other artists will say, hey, what happened to Chris Mann? What happened to Ray Sapiens or Wilston? That, you know, they moved ahead with their career. They recorded this album and then word travels and, and people end up contacting us. And then we try and cater to as many as we can, but always trying to keep a balance also in the house, that we have a balance in nationality, in, in, in gender, and also in the types of music that you make. We decide who to help according to the potential we feel that artist has. 
you know, and, and that's not necessarily musically, but it's more in terms of vision and drive and work ethic and to see like, why do you want to make music and what are you trying to say and why do you feel that you need us as opposed to, you know, any other sort of infrastructures or, or studios. And then by discussing with those artists, we see that whether they fit into other spaces and, and, and when they don't really fit into another space, that's when, you know, we really consider them for this uh, place. So uh, Christian Mazambi, uh, also known as Chrisman, uh, came to my house one day with an MC called Chris Mech, who was a friend of another artist that was here. And initially it was Chris Mech that uh, decided he wanted to record an album. And Chris Mann tagged along because he was in, into production and wanted to have access to studio and work on his productions. So we met and uh, Chris was also doing video at the time. So he could help out with like shooting music videos and doing a bit of graphic work with certain artists. So we decided to come and uh, join, the, join the villa, uh, move in with your uh, MC partner. And uh, I guess three years down the road, the MC sort of went on to a different direction. But uh, Chris continued to work with us, producing a lot of our artists. And I guess really developed his talent over time. And uh, now I can say in the last six months, really his production have taken another level. Uh, he released the first EP that got really um, a lot of international acclaim, led to bookings, collaborated with Russian artists, uh, with Chinese artists, with uh, UK-based artists, so really making a name for himself in the, in the international stage. And uh, also went for residency in, in Congo, in Kinshasa, training people there, uh, training people to DJ, recording people there. And he's got an album coming out now, of which we're extremely proud. It's a very powerful album. He's really developed a sound of his own and because of that, he's in a good space now to, uh, to start touring internationally and uh, start also making serious money. What I hope for Nyege Nyege is to keep on doing like what they usually do, helping artists, connecting artists so they can create sounds and to become more big and bigger so it can attract a lot of people. This is like a great example. It shows me that when I become big, I can also like push other people like to grow with me and to express themselves through their, the way they feel music should be. Nyege Nyege star Chrisman, and earlier you heard from the label co-founder, Derek DeBrew. You've been listening to The Lid Is On with me, Connor Lennon. Now, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on your favourite platform. And I also encourage you to download the UN News app, where you can access our growing archive of tech stories, podcasts and videos.